0: We've been looking at this whole thing of graveyard stores, and we've seen some pretty amazing things that have happened in graveyards. God is the God of everything. There's nowhere we can go to get away from his presence. And what happens is many times we allow the enemy to scare us. Now, granted, like we don't look at a fun night of going, hey, y'all, let's go to the graveyard and hang out over there. Not that there's anything to be afraid of. I mean, I know that different ones... We, we looked at how some went over to um, over on Saint Simon's at Christ Church, and uh, looked at stuff like that. A lot of that is just fear that's already based in our minds. Most of it, we've we've seen things or we've heard things, and because stories go on and on, you go. We begin to show up with an already preconceived idea that something's going to happen, and I'm going to tell you what we've been reading in Scripture is there ain't no grave. That scared. He took care of it all, and so we're going to look at some uh, another one tonight, and actually tie some of the ones we've already looked at. And so, if you got your Bibles, you can open them to Matthew 27. We're looking at what happened when Jesus um, when this is actually him on the cross, and it's his last moments. This is his last few hours alive, his physical body before he gives up his spirit. And we're going to look at that because as we've already seen like in the past we've already seen where a man was was uh was being buried in Elijah's uh Elijah's grave, Elijah's bones when he threw Elijah when he threw his bones in there, threw this dead man in there because some raiders were coming. They throw him in the grave and all of a sudden he comes back to life. Go and that's one where the commentators just go we don't know exactly how to describe or explain that because that's never happened. Where you have dead bones and you have they come alive. We looked at Ezekiel, where we said we saw a valley of dry bones. We looked last week at Lazarus, who had been dead for four days. Um, now I'm going to tell you, if you're a science person, it's going to go ahead and it's going to mess with you a little bit because you're like nobody can be dead for four days and not stink and rot. And it's like, oh yes, they can. With Jesus, all things are possible. He's He's Lord of all, and so that tonight we're going to go over for a little bit this whole thing of what actually took place. And this is one that's it's recorded in Matthew's Gospel. There, the the resurrection happened, and and all four gospel writers make mention, but they're not all the same. Like there's you know you got the synoptic gospels where you have Matthew, Mark, and Luke that all have a lot of the same stories they tell them they're in like they have different variances but mostly the same this is one that's not in any other gospel it's not seen and it's one that's that that frankly it does say jesus wow things far beyond what my own understanding and what i can grasp god is that big and that powerful and so starting in verse 45 here it is from noon until three in the afternoon darkness Came over all the land. Now first of all, Jesus is already on the cross. He's already been beaten. He's already there. He's already been nailed to it. And so he's there. And at noon when it, when it really started getting serious and it started coming down and, and, and he starts, the end is, is near. Um, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried in a loud voice. Here it is. And he begins to say, Eli, Eli, Lema Shabbatak Tini. Which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The 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 fully God, fully man, the man starts showing up and saying, Hey, he understands what it feels like. And I believe this right here is what Jesus this is what he was saying, Lord, if this cup can pass me by. When he was in the garden before he took the beating, I believe this is what he meant when he said, Hold it. This is the cup I don't want. The, 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 the beating I can take, but being separated from you, I, I can't take that. That's more than what I even want to, for all of eternity, I know who you are, being, being my Heavenly Father, being the one, being connected to be separated from you was more than what I believe that right there is, is key to him saying, why have you forsaken me? The man part. And then it said, when some of those were standing there, heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Now this is what's beautiful. People think they have all kinds of stories sitting there. It'd be just like if one of us or a group of us were standing around watching something happen. Each one would tell from your perspective what was going on. You would, you would have a story and then you'd have somebody else would. In this one, there's a group and they're thinking, Hey, Elijah, he's already showed up. That was John the Baptist. And it said immediately one of them ran and got a sponge and he filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. So they're they're really making fun of what they've done. And they really don't even understand the gravity of what's about to take place or what they've done. But I love how Jesus, even in the midst of this, he knows what's taking place. Even though there is this, his flesh man he cries out to his father he knows very well what's going to take place and this this is where this is where he says and when jesus had cried out again in a loud voice he gave up his spirit this is when things get good it's like jesus has just said okay he gave up and said lord here i i into your hands one of the gospels says into your hands i commit my spirit so matthew just says he gave it up. He said he gave up his spirit. And so here's what happens. when. And this is what, to me, and, and reading behind and studying the commentaries on this, there are many different opinions. They're thinking that this was just uh, some of it. It was an illusional thing that people saw. It was just some people saw it. I believe in Scripture. He says, hey, when he says it, Matthew, there was a demonstration of what took place. And it says in verse 51 and many of you have read this or maybe it's been a while but at that moment at the moment when Jesus said it's over I'm done the, I've given it Lord I'm giving you my spirit there it's yours at that moment the penalty the final payment had been paid and that's when it says the curtain of the temple was torn into from top to bottom it was God reaching out saying, hey, no more. The Holy of Holies, the place where you had to meet with God, it now has been rent. No longer is he going to be in a building made with hands. It says the earth shook, and I love this one, and uh, the rocks split. There's some power going down right now. There's There are some things that have happened because of the power Jesus had in his life. And then in verse 52, and it says, "And the tombs broke open." Now, this man's dying, and then all of a sudden he gives up his spirit, and all of a sudden tombs start breaking open. This is a, a an example of the power of God being released. Like, oh, you thought you were killing him? All you were doing was opening up tombs. You weren't killing anybody. You were opening up life, brothers. And this is the one that kind of always. This is where, if you want to have fun, go read commentaries on this, where they they start thinking, the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. So, Jesus dies, tombs start popping up first, the curtain starts, it gets rent from the top to the bottom, all of a sudden graves start popping open, and when it says open, that means there are rocks in front of them, they open up, people start walking out. They start coming out of the graves. And then uh, um, in verse 53, it says, They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Wow. So... So you buried somebody, and it doesn't say the neat thing. Now, here's what it doesn't come. It doesn't say how long they were dead. This isn't a Lazarus. We knew Lazarus was dead for four days. We knew that. We knew Jesus, and that's a, that's next week. We knew Jesus was in the grave for three days. It never says in any commentary how many days these people, it says holy people. These were people that were committed to the Lord. They had already committed their life to him. And it says, they came out and went and appeared to me. Could you imagine somebody you already had a funeral possession for? And I mentioned a, a guy last week where, um, a man had, had died. He had, he was in jail. He was, he was serving a life sentence and, um, he had given orders. He was sick and he gave orders not to resuscitate him. And, um, he went to the hospital. They had declared him dead. And then resuscitated him. And so he had, this was in 2015. He appealed on the basis of he already served his life sentence. He'd already died. And so he was trying to get out of jail because he came back to life. Said, I already served it. You said one life sentence. It's over. I get to, I get to have this. Think of these people here. They're already dead. They're in Abraham's bosom. They're getting called back and they're going out now and come walking out and appearing to many people. I can't imagine having had that and this is where, for me, this is where the power of God is demonstrated in such a way that there's, truly is, there's nothing too difficult for Him. There, death has no dominion. There's no power greater than Him and if there's anything that we can, can draw or what I want us to draw from what's taking place here, I believe that, that God is demonstrating and demonstrated then is still demonstrating today that there's nothing too difficult, there's nothing too big, and it's more a matter of us than it is on his part. Um, we are, we are um, the of the resurrected. We don't have to worry about ever dying. That's the beautiful thing of what we did, and we're going to look at some scriptures about that in a minute. But I do want to finish this real quick in the verse 54. This is where. Those who were there begin to see this and they go, okay, wow, he, he was, that's the ones that just witnessed it, the ones that just killed him, the centurion soldiers says when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were what, they were what you and I would be. They would be terrified and exclaim, surely he was the son of God. You know, we have, right now, there seems to be a real fascination with death. There seems to be with different ones, and and there's fear of it, what takes place, what happens after we die. I want to tell you, to any believer, the Bible is clear, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Just the same way when Jesus was absent from his body, they came alive. The same way when this body, and that's not death, this is a shadow of death, Death is, in its essence, separation from God. The soul separated from God. The mind, the will, and the most completely separated. That's where eternal separation, that's what death truly is. We will never have to experience that. And in this passage, in verse 51, this is where Ezekiel, I believe we looked at the Valley of Dry Bones. This is where some have said this is the fulfillment because Matthew's gospel, many of us know, he actually used many Old Testament prophecies to use the prophets to demonstrate Jesus was who he says he was. And he did who he says. It had already been fore, foretold thousands of years earlier what he would do, how he would do it. And Ezekiel, which we looked at, the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel 37, they believe that this right here, um, Matthew in verse in, in Ezekiel 37, 12, this is the fulfillment of that. That as they came out of the the rock split, 51 and 52, they came out of the grave. Ezekiel 37, 12 and 13 says, Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Verse 13, it says this, Then you, my people will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. That this actually happened. so there are those who have tried to make it out to be a thing. I wasn't there, but I wish I was. I can't wait. That's one of those things where you go, Lord, how incredible would that be? I want to talk to the ones that were there that went, what was it like? I mean, really, while you're standing there and you're just sitting there and all of a sudden Jesus gives up his spirit and y'all have already been given a hard time and then people start walking going... Hey y'all, how you doing? Let, let me let me begin to relate to you and tell you, show you what the glory of God looks like. Just look at me. I came back from the dead. Beginning to talk to some of their relatives. <laughs> Going and showing up. Hey, I'm back. Now, granted, we know it wasn't forever, because we know that um that they actually their bodies, it wasn't like they all got raptured at that time. But but the fact that they were up and walking around. Hosea thirteen fourteen, this is another one that Matthew looks at. In Hosea thirteen fourteen it says, I will deliver this people from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death, where O death are your plagues, where O grave is your destruction, I will have no compassion. He's talking about on the on the grave itself, that um that He is the one. He is He has the power over the grave. In John five twenty four this is where Jesus had, had was uh was telling them, Very verily, I tell you, whoever hears my words and believes uh, him who sent me already has eternal life. Like, for us, we're not waiting on eternal life. We already have it. It's not something we've got to get. We already get it. This body, all it's doing is running out of gas. We just keep on moving. We're living eternal life now. And will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was able to keep. Um, I got. I was able to sit in for a small group for our academy, and this was one of the things that the young men were asking about. Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Mark, what happens when we die? I said, Well, it depends on you if you accept Jesus or not. That makes all the difference. This is the whole turning point. You know, if you accept Jesus, he goes, Well, well. Uh, I heard we're gonna be judged. I said, You are gonna be judged. But it depends on which judgment you're going to be at. And he looked at me and said, "There's more than one." I said, "There's more than one." I said, "There's a judgment one for the unbeliever; those who have never accepted. That's the first judgment, where you got you have to you have to stand before a holy God and give an account of your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The account of my life is Jesus. You are so good. I trusted you, and my life is hidden in you." We're going to read that in a second. It belongs to you. That judgment, any believer does not have to worry. That's not one you and I are going to... We're not going to see that judgment. There's a second judgment that we will, believers. And this young man started looking... I mean, he perked up, but there's a second judgment. you going to get judged. And I said, the Bible says it's appointed of the man to die once and face the judgment. I said, there's only one death. Either you die now or you die later. If you die now... You get the second judgment. You die later, you get the first judgment. So the last, if you don't, if you don't give your life to Christ, you get the first one. If you give your life to Christ, you get the second judgment. And that is where we'll be judged simply according to our works. We're already in heaven. This is where we get our rewards. This is, this is all about rewards. There's no fear. There's no crying. There's no shame. It's, I get to receive everything I did that was of God, that was based on Him. It wasn't in selfish, you know, what I wanted, it, it turns to go. It, it says, hey, I'm going to bless you. And with that, we get to lay something at the feet of Jesus. So as we shared that, um, this young man, it was fun because he's like, that doesn't sound so bad. I said, it's not bad. This is how good God is. It's based on who he is, not what we've done. So in John 11:25 25 and 26, Jesus said, this is what we looked at, at last week. One of the scriptures we used use in, um, at Martha. This is Martha questioning Jesus. She said, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. Like she knew he had the power and he told her he was the resurrection. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. This is another thing where it, this was a week earlier to what just happened. So a week earlier, Jesus said, if you believe on me, Martha. And I believe that this is part of the fulfillment that Jesus was telling Martha. When these people came back to the grave, from the grave and said, if you believe in me, though you uh, uh, even, even though they die, they're going to live. It's like, uh-oh, these people came back. It was a fulfillment of what Jesus told Martha and said, hey, it's not over. That I have the final authority. Nobody gets to do that but him. And so for us... This is where we get to choose what we're going to believe. We get the opportunity to say, Lord, I trust you that you can do anything. There is nothing too difficult as far as life and death itself. And that for us, when Jesus opens graves, he's saying that he destroyed the power of death once and for all. There's no longer, does that the enemy doesn't hold anything over our heads. This is where... Um, the power of death is is sin, and sin has been destroyed. It entered the world by sin, and the penalty of sin, but now it's left through the through the grace and the death of Christ. That's what it says in um, in Romans chapter. Romans chapter six. Um, this is a beautiful thing in that in Romans chapter six, beginning in verse four, this is where. We get united with Christ. And the beauty of this is, it says, Paul picks up on this. And it says, therefore, we were already buried with him. Like all those who were baptized, they were already buried with him through baptism. And that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also, we get to walk in newness of life. And then it goes on to say, for if we've been united in the likeness of his death, certainly will also be in the likeness of His resurrection. The the resurrected power of Jesus, which this will be some next week, but it's important for us to grasp the fact that it's not me, it's not my ability, it's not my power, it's not your power, it's God's power working in us. He raises us to this life. We get to operate and walk in His life. Walk in His victory. What we just sang, Jesus, you're my victory. Death no longer. There's nothing that has dominion over me. It goes on to say, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified. It already happened. Galatians two twenty, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It says I've been crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And then it goes on in verse seven. Paul takes us on this journey, for he who died has what? been freed from sin. We're talking about death, graveyard, there is no more fear that enemy has been broke his power has been broken. It's all life, it's all Jesus. Verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him. Knowing this, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. It's not going to happen. Like it it's it's happened. It's over once and for all. Death no longer has dominion over Him, which means what? Death no longer has dominion over you and I. The grave does not have anything on us. Like, it's not waiting for me. Heaven is waiting for you and me. That's all that happens, and that's where we're headed to. That's why this morning when we announced, and then last week when we announced, somebody that's gone on to be with Jesus, and, and what a beautiful thing. I love the way Paul put, Paul said, to live as Christ, to die as gain. In other words, I get, I'm going to go from glory to glory. I get to experience his life here and then I get to go see it 100% when I'm there. It says, knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead, for death has what? The death he died, he died to sin once for all of us, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And then in verse 11, likewise, and this is where we say, we're to reckon ourselves to be dead. Indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When we look at the mysteries and when we look at the miracles of what take place in a graveyard, that's supposed to be the final. That's supposed to be when everything's said and done. And Jesus did not put a period. He put an exclamation point going, I don't think so. I'm the one. I'm the resurrection and life. Nobody gets to have that power but him. And so for us, real simply as we go through this life this is where we get to bring this resurrected power to those who are living in death like our our number one mission on this planet is to help people to go from death to life because right now there are people that have not received Christ and this is where the church and this is where a lot of people uh, especially nowadays there is there's a theology going around and many people are buying into it, that hey God's somehow going to change His mind that hell's only a small amount, that eventually He's going to let everybody come. And it's like, it's not. It's an eternal decision. Jesus said in Luke 16, He actually made it very clear with the rich ruler that He wanted out. If there's any way, He said, you can't get there. Like, can you have Lazarus just tip his tongue? He's like, he can't get to you. It's not going to happen. And so it is a... A a thing, but but the beautiful thing that we have is it's not going to saying, "Hey, you're going to be there forever." It's like, no, you can be in heaven forever. The joy that we have is that God is greater than anything that the enemy would try to tell us, and that there's nothing left to achieve in 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 regard to our pardon or acceptance. There's nothing you and I can do more to be accepted by God but, but accepting Jesus. We can't add anything. To what Christ did. All we can do is go and exclaim. We can be what we call forerunners. Just the way the prophets were forerunners. All of them. They came before and said hey he's coming. He's coming. We get to be forerunners to a second coming. Saying hey he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. And we use these opportunities. Of all the power that's taken place. To demonstrate exactly. The power that God has. And help people to see. That look. You've already been redeemed. Every sin's already been covered. It's already been taken care of. There's nothing we're going to be able to do. um, At the instance when Jesus died and the graves were opened, that was to remind us, at that very instant, His death, all our sins were completely answered for. The graves were not just partly open. They opened up completely, which said, Now I am completely free. I'm completely open to the Lord, and I know where I'm going to spend Forever and ever, and you can spend. And we need to bring that message to to everybody we come in contact. Starting here in Brunswick, we we need to let people know Jesus is for you. He already paid the price. You don't have to live in that. This is a thing where um, it, it it is where we're, we're, we are in essence walking dead people. In that we already we've already died. Once you accept Christ, that's our one death. It's done. We don't have to worry about that anymore. So I just want to encourage you. I didn't want to, I don't. you know, it's not something long tonight, just a little to see the power of God operating in our lives. And I want to just challenge you that as I do myself, that I don't want to limit God in any way. There's not anything that's too difficult for God. And so for us, and that means in situations and circumstances in people's lives, That there's nobody too far gone. These people thought they were gone. It's over. It's like, no, you're not too far gone. You've been dead for a while. You still ain't gone. I still have life for you. And so that's where we can say there's nobody on this earth. And we get to tell people, you're not too far gone. I can tell you there are people right now that are in this city, in this county and community that think they've committed the unpardonable sin. And that they're just waiting. They're on death row, quote, waiting to just die. And I want, to, I want to challenge us as a church that we're not fearful of anything. Perfect love casts out all fear. That we get to walk in the wonderful love of Jesus and we get to share that. What He paid for us, we didn't even earn it or deserve it. We can't add to it. We can't take away from it. We just get to go and proclaim it to all those so that we can bring life to people's to their life, to their situation and bring hope to a dying world. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I do thank you that Lord, there is no limit. Lord, you spoke worlds into existence. By your word, worlds were created. The heavens were formed. Lord, opening a tomb is nothing to you. And Lord, I thank you that those of us here tonight and those who listen later, either by a podcast or by a CD, that Lord, we would never allow a graveyard story or, or the fear of the grave try to bind us or keep us from experiencing life. Because Lord, you've overcome every obstacle. You have you have defeated death itself. It has no power. And so Lord, we get to operate from life to life. And Lord, I thank you for each one of us here. I thank you, Lord, that your life would continually, Lord, it would be continually in our hearts and minds and that we would share that. With all those we come in contact with. We would use your life. To instill life to those around us. God I thank you right now. That Lord you would use this church. Christian Renewal Church. Lord God to be a light in this community. And it's through the people we have here. That Lord your life. Your light and your love. Would shine forth in everything we do. In everything we say. Lord I thank you for blessing each one here. Those who aren't here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit just continuing to move, continuing to guide, continuing to lead and continuing to lift us up and give us the power, the unction, the ability to minister your life to those around us. God, I thank you for it. I celebrate you and I praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, here's what I want us to do. I do want us to do this. I want us to just take a moment. And I want us to seal once and for all that there is nothing too difficult for him. Anything within us or anybody, think of a situation. I know all of us have seen people die that we prayed for. We've seen situations where we thought, oh, that, that those who accept Christ are not dead. They're alive right now in his presence. But I want us to eliminate this thing of, hey, well, God, you you can do something. You can do all things. And you do all things well. There's nothing too difficult for you. Could we take just a moment. I want you to just take just a moment. And allow the Holy Spirit. To just remind. To etch that back into our hearts. That hey. Dead people come to life. That death has no dominion. That God brings people back. He's able to. Even those right now that seem like they're living death. That God brings them back to life. He's able to, to cause His life to infiltrate and to go in to infuse us and infuse them with life. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you are greater than our greatest thought. You're, you're greater than the greatest mind that's ever quote men ascribed to. Lord, you're far beyond even that. And Lord, I thank you. Lord, I just thank you, Father. I thank you that, Lord, you demonstrate things all the time in our lives. You demonstrate the ability to work things out in a way we never thought possible. Lord, I thank You that, that at this church, Lord, I thank You that we can begin, Lord, to believe the impossible. Lord, that You are moving in ways we can't even see. But Lord, You give us the ability, Lord God, to call things forth. You give us the ability to co-labor to, to co- with You. And seeing your kingdom and your, your, your authority established in hearts and lives and minds all over this community. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask you to forgive me and forgive us, Lord, for limiting you in any way. Lord, forgive us for limiting you in any way to think that our circumstances or what people have said or what people have, that, that have, that have tried to limit you in any way. Lord, I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you begin to rise up on the inside. And Lord, we would do great exploits for you, sharing your truth wherever we go. Thank you, Lord God. Well, as you sit there, just open your hands. I want to bless you. And I encourage you to carry this on that we, I take a lot of time in the mornings where I just sit and just bask in the presence of God and and I just think, man, you are so great and so big. Nothing's too difficult. And I want to, I want to bless you, Father God. You're the Creator of the universe, Lord. You're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people, Lord, where your name might be placed on them, and you, in turn, would do the blessing. And I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of His countenance on you. And give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen.